morning. Let us begin. We are continuing in Merz Hashem this morning in Parak Yudchas, in chapter 18, in Mesilas Yisharim. And remember again, in this incredible chapter, the Ramchal is discussing the concept of Hasidus. So we spent really yesterday, the Ramchal spent yesterday, really focusing on what we'll call erroneous Hasidus. How, again, people sometimes think that these extreme displays of piety are what Hasidus is about, when in fact, it's quite the opposite. And says Ramchal, the danger of this is that it leads people ultimately, again, to a corrupted sense and corrupted understanding of what Hasidus really is. Ramchal says as follows, So let's now explain what true Hasidus is. Beautiful. So he goes over here the idea that the true essence, the true essence of Hasidus is a concept espoused in Mesechah's Brachas. Where literally, again, praiseworthy is the person who toils in Torah and gives Nachas Ruach. Nachas Ruach, again, is Nachas who gives pride, or better stated, tranquility of spirit to his creator. So I'll say, or in other words, that the definition of a chassid is someone who gives a sense of nachos, who gives a sense of spiritual tranquility, happiness, joy, and pride to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So how does one do this? This is incredible. V'chavasen yudua ad heichon himagas. Shavasi, we're all familiar with the mitzvahs. There are 630 mitzvahs. We're familiar with those mitzvahs. We understand the halachic parameters of those mitzvahs and what those mitzvahs require of us. Amnam, this is beautiful. Mishoives haboreis barak shemo avamitis. Shavasi, but someone who truly loves HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, lo yishtadl v'yichavin liftor atzmo v'mash shikvar mefursam minachova ashar kol yisra b'chlal so let's analyze this. So Ramchal says that someone that says, so the truth is, even before we go on, the Ramchal already just gave us a definition. What's the definition of a chassid? Definition of a chassid is someone who loves HaKadosh Baruch Hu enough to give the Ribbono Shal Olam Nachas. To give him Nachas. Okay. So how, that's the definition. A chassid is someone who loves HaKadosh Baruch Hu so much that he wants to give the Ribbono Shel Olam Nachas. The follow-up question to that is, so how does one give the Ribbono Shel Olam Nachas? See, here the Ramchal says something very beautiful. So, we are all familiar with the fact that there are 630 mitzvahs. I we understand that those mitzvahs, ultimately, again, each of them has a framework, a rubric, each of them has obligations, and mechanistic details associated with it. Now look what he writes. And that's, again, those mitzvahs devolve upon all of Kalal Yisrael. Obviously, again, no one Jew could fulfill all 613 mitzvahs, but those are the basic obligations, ultimately, again, which are upon each of us. Look what he writes. Elo, Yikralo, Kimoshi Yikra El Aben El Ben Ohev Aviv. So, but then there's another level. There's another level. And he compares this level to a father and the son. Meaning what? We'll say if a father, if a father discloses to his son that there's something that the father really likes, something the father really enjoys, something that gives the father incredible happiness. The son 
after hearing that his father really appreciates this, enjoys this, whatever the this is, what will the son do? The son will want to do that for the father. Now, is that an obligation that the son has for the father? No. In other words, there, there's a halach of kibbut aveim. How do I fulfill the halach of kibbut aveim? Again, so it's a gemara meseches kiddushin. Right, it outlines everything I have to do for my father. Right, there's kavod, there's honor, there's yira, there's reverence, and there's a whole bunch of halachic details. But let's say again, it happens to be that there's something I know that my father enjoys, something that makes my father happy. So as a son, what am I going to want to do? I'm going to want to do that for my parent. Am I obligated to do that? No, I'm not, I'm not obligated. But because I love my father, if I know that something makes him happy, I know that something brings him joy, I'm going to want to do that for him, independent of whether or not it's obligatory upon me. He goes on, it's so beautiful. Even though again, even though again, my father only kind of mentioned this to me in passing, right? He said it to me once. He mentioned something in passing. Ultimately, again, the son knows, the son knows what his father wants. What his father wants. And even sometimes if the father didn't explicitly spell out what it is that brings him joy, what it is that he, what it is that he wants, but the son is able to pick up on certain nuanced things that his father says and ultimately go with it. He goes on, he says, Once the father says something, even if he just like drops a hint, right? He says something kind of in passing, I'm able, the son is able to realize, okay, this is something my father wants, this is something that my father enjoys. And therefore, again, I'm going to go ahead and pick up on this, pick up on the hint, so to speak, and move it forward. So we'll say, so again, and we can all, I think, relate to this, on a, hopefully we can all relate to this, on a parent level. On a parent level, there's something, I love my parents, I love my father, I love my mother, so my parent will sometimes, so there, again, in that relationship, there are obligations. There are obligations. My father walks in the room, I have to stand up. Right? My mother, my mother needs something, she's not well, I have an obligation to help take care of her. There are certain obligations that exist in that relationship. And then there's another dimension, where if I know in Anachal's mashal, I know that my mother very much enjoys something. Something gives her nachas. So again, I'm gonna do it, am I obligated to do it? Am I obligated? No. No, but, but I know already that this is something that she enjoys. This is something that makes her happy. So I want to go above and beyond to do it. That, that's, what, that's what love is. Right? I was say, love, love is, a, or I should say, the manifestation of love. What's the manifestation? This is actually important that you sold it. Ram Khal's teaching us. The manifestation of love in a relationship is a willingness to go above and beyond. That, that's what love is. I love you, and therefore, again, there are certain obligations I have in the relationship. Love says I'm willing to go above and beyond those obligations because I have a profound, deep emotional responsibility for you. That's love. So in the case of a parent, there are obligations I have towards you, my parent, but I love you. So when I love you, if I know there's something that makes you happy, I want to go above and beyond. Well, say, listen to how beautiful this is. 
We see this, we see this concept in any relationship in which there is love. And again, what says we just said, in any relationship with it, what's, what, and by the way, this is actually a very helpful definition. Because, for example, one would hope in a marriage that there's love. So how do you know if you have love in your marriage? So it's very simple. I mean, it's not very simple. But again, one part of it is very simple. Do you go above and beyond for your spouse? Do you go above and beyond for your spouse? If there's something you know that makes your wife happy, do you do it without being asked, without like 15, 15 little, you know, nuance or not so nuanced hints being dropped, right? Do you go above and beyond for your spouse? If you know there's something she likes, do you go ahead and do it simply because you can? That's love. That's love. I, would say, I, I don't mean buying stuff. I and mean, buying stuff might be part of it. Right? But Lamaisa, the definition of love is a willingness to go above and beyond for the other. I understand you. I know you. I know that this thing that makes you happy. I don't have to do it. I don't have to do it. But ultimately, again, I do it because I love you. So Chal says... This exists in every relationship where there's love, or I should say, in every relationship where there is love, you have this dynamic, which I also tell you something very interesting. If you don't have this dynamic, what does that tell you? There might not be love. There might not be love, which is a, which is a pretty, which is a pretty, like a pretty incredible thing to think about. A pretty incredible thing to think about. If you're not going above and beyond the expectations in a relationship, it may be a good relationship, a nice relationship, but there may not be love there. Incredibly profound to contemplate. He goes on, he says, In any love, in any relationship where there is true love, a person will never say, how do you know in a relationship where there's not love? Right? What's the hallmark of a relationship where there's not love? You just live up to expectations. As long as I'm meaning expectations. And I will say, you know what a good example of this is? You know where you often see this? You see this with people with their work. With their work. You can very easily tell people who like their work and people who don't like their work. Right? Which is, people who don't like their work, what do they do? What do they do? They fulfill their obligations. And again, do a good job. They do, in other words, here's my obligation. My obligation is to be at work at uh, 8 o'clock in the morning. I work until 5 o'clock in the afternoon. These are my responsibilities. This is what I do. This is what I do, right? Ask them to do something that is outside of the bucket of their responsibilities and not my job. Best words to hear. Not my job. Not my job, right? Not, not my job. Now, does that mean they're derelict in their responsibilities? Of course not. No, it's, and they're right, it's not my job. It's not my job. Because when you don't love something and you're just doing it out of a sense of responsibility and obligation, I'll do what I'm asked to do, but I'm not going above and beyond. But when you love something, or in this case, when you love someone, it's all about going above and beyond. It's about transcending. And ultimately, again, going past expectations. I will say, it's such an incredible... It, it, I have to tell you, after seeing this from Chal, I really feel the first time in my life you have a definition of love, a working definition of love, because love is one of those amorphous words, especially since we use it 
so interchangeably, right? I love my wife and I love football, which is like, what? I don't know, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, right? Right? I love pizza and I love my children, right? In other words, like, like I would say, so, so what, what does it mean? Okay, so the fact that we use love and like a lot synonymously is a different problem. But now I have a working definition. What does it mean to love something? It means a willingness to go above and beyond and to surpass expectations, to transcend expectations. He goes on. He goes on. Ella mimash nitzave yodun al das hamitzave tiyistad alas oslo mashiyucha lodun shielenachas. So I'll say he said there. It says the definition of love is I know what the person I love wants, needs, and expects, and I go above and beyond that. I go above and beyond that. I don't manage my relationship simply by fulfilling expectations. But my entire desire in this relationship is to exceed expectations. The willingness, the desire, and the commitment to exceed expectations says that I'm how? That's love. All right, boss, we'll stop over for today. Emir Hashem will plug this into our relationship with Hashem. Emir Hashem tomorrow.